Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 343 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Pitto. In the April 23, 2023 episode of the web-based Spanish-language show Insolita Experiencia, or Unusual Experience, host Johanna Diaz Vargas interviewed an abductee named Grace Garza, who claimed to have had an encounter of the Cuarto Tipo, or fourth kind. From the Mexican state of Aguascalientes, Garza told the tale of an incident that happened in 1992 in Guadalajara, Jalisco, when she was in her second semester of university studies. This interview was important, the host remarked, because the majority of alleged alien abductions are of men, and it is somewhat unusual to get the perspective of a female experiencer. The event that the woman would retell to the listeners and viewers of the show occurred during the height of the waves of supposed alien abductions happening throughout the 1980s and 1990s. As Diaz Vargas would remark near the end of the interview, most of the stories coming out of that UFO era are nearly identical, and Grace Garza's account of what happened to her in 1992 fits the typical pattern. Host Joanna Diaz Vargas asked Grace Garza to take his audience back to the days of the alleged abduction. At the time, she was a university student in Guadalajara. She lived a few blocks away from the school in a bedroom of a house on the second floor. The night of the encounter, she was sleeping in her bed when she was awakened by bright lights outside her window. Her room filled up with a strong white light and she lost consciousness. When Grace woke up, she found herself on a small metal bed that had one central leg attached to the floor. Three beings stood around her bed. Two of them were the normal height of a human, a few inches below six feet tall, and had the characteristics of the greys of UFO lore. Teardrop-shaped heads, spindly arms, small noses and mouths, and large almond-shaped eyes, the color of a terrifying midnight. They did not have the rubbery or leathery skin of the greys, though. Rather, they were white to translucent. The third strange being in the room was much shorter, about three feet tall, and had no neck. This one had facial features and skin much like the greys, and like the other two, this being was wearing white clothing. When Grace found herself on this bed, she didn't know where she was and struggled to free herself. She was able to scream, so she yelled obscenities at these creatures. All the while, the beings surrounding her bed were calm and communicated telepathically. One of them soon proclaimed, It's time to bring in the famous doctor. As if on cue, another being emerged through the floor on a sort of elevator pad. 
When Grace was retelling the story, she likened the appearance of the famous doctor to that of an entertainer coming up through the stage at an event like the Super Bowl. This fourth being was the largest of all of them and stood well over six feet tall. The doctor, like the other taller ones, was somewhat translucent and had characteristics of the greys. He also had a very calm demeanor. After the doctor appeared, an apparatus came down from the ceiling. Grace described it as being much like the light at a dentist's office. She noted that there was also what looked like a microscope attached to the apparatus. When they started to turn on this multifunctional device, Grace lost consciousness again, but not before they started to put a thin metal rod up her nose. After the passage of an indeterminate amount of time, Grace Garza woke up in a new room and in a different bed. She was not alone in this room, which she described as being filled with a bright white light. There were three other beds there with people in them. She said there was another woman in one of the beds who was conscious and screaming. Grace couldn't determine whether the other two were dead or alive. She told the woman to stop screaming, but then Grace realized that she herself was not restrained like the others. So Grace started running to where she did not know. She went down a long, wide corridor until she got to another large, well-lit room. The room was lined with large glass tubes, each measuring a little over six feet long and three feet wide. The tubes had humans inside them, suspended in some sort of liquid. The humans were youthful in their twenties, and were lean but muscular. Grace even recalled seeing bubbles in the tubes, but could not tell whether the people inside the tubes were in some sort of suspended animation, or if they were corpses being preserved for some possibly nefarious purpose. She was passing through the room quickly, so she could not pick up on too many details. At the end of the room was another long hallway that led to another large room filled with the same bright white light. This room appeared to be filled with children. Grace described the children as looking identical. They had mixed features of humans and the greys. They were the size of prepubescent human children and had blonde hair and blue eyes. Their eyes, however, were almond-shaped like the greys, and they had small mouths and noses. She had the impression that they were devoid of emotion and individual personalities. During her interview, Johanna Diaz Vargas asked Grace Garza if she thought that the alien children were clones. Grace answered quickly, yes. When she was in that room, Grace said some sort of alarm went off and the children started running to control panels. Again, she was just passing through and didn't know what exactly was happening. This was the first time, though, that she knew she was in some sort of spacecraft. She could see through part of the paneling of the bulkhead and noticed that there were stars outside. Grace had the feeling that they were not in deep space, but just outside the Earth's atmosphere. It was then when the smaller being who oversaw things when Grace first woke up appeared and grabbed her arm. She yelled, let me go. This shorter being was then firm with her and politely told her to stop running away and resisting. 
One of the alien children then grabbed her hand and they disappeared on an elevator pad that went through the floor. That was Grace's last memory on the spacecraft. She woke up in her own bed at home. Grace suffered some strange after-effects of this encounter of the Cuarto Tipo. When she woke up the next day, she was tired and disoriented. She tried to make it a normal day and went to class, walking the three blocks or so to school. On the way to school, Grace explained that the world itself seemed to fade in and out of existence, as if her surroundings were moving between dimensions. Perhaps she was phasing out and almost slipping into another realm herself. She did make it to school, but had a difficult time. Her abdomen started hurting, and this would last for a full 15 days. Grace did not go to a doctor until six weeks after the supposed alien encounter. At this point, she was experiencing serious hemorrhaging that would not stop. Her doctor kept her in the hospital, and she received blood transfusions. The hemorrhaging lasted for a full month and a half. When she was well enough, Grace returned to her studies. She claimed that after she was physically better, she began to experience things with a heightened sense of awareness and then began having small episodes involving precognition during which she was able to predict certain things. One example Grace cited in the Diaz Vargas interview was how she declared before class in a lecture hall filling up with students that the professor was not going to show up. These little predictions earned Grace a reputation on campus for being somewhat psychic, but she never told anyone what she had experienced to get that way. Once Grace made a bold prediction during the last week of May of 1994, she claimed that in a few days a gigantic tsunami would kill hundreds of people in Indonesia. On June 2, 1994, a devastating tsunami hit the southern coast of the eastern part of the island of Java in Indonesia, the result of a large, shallow-thrust earthquake in the Indian Ocean. The wave, which crested at over 40 feet, killed 233 people and injured over 400. Over time, Grace's apparent psychic powers wore off, and today she has no special abilities. In the interview, Diaz Vargas asked Grace Garza if she has had any other encounters since the first major one she had in 1992. She responded with the affirmative. She then proceeded to describe the latest one, which occurred in July of 2022. A taller, translucent, almost ghost-like gray appeared to her when she was alone at her home. It transported her to a bright room with many little boxes. The alien pulled out a little box and dumped out two seeds into Grace's hands. She got the impression that the two seeds were somehow symbolic of her two daughters, who were now grown adults. The being calmly led her out of the room, and she found herself back in her own home, stunned by what had just happened. At the end of his interview with Grace Garza, Johanna Diaz Vargas offered his guest a chance to re-experience her 1992 encounter through hypnotic regression that would be paid for by his show. Garza agreed, grateful to take him up on his offer, but not too excited to relive what had been an extremely unpleasant event. 
Diaz Vargas wanted to emphasize to his audience that the alien encounter experience is not all about spreading kindness and enlightenment throughout the galaxy, a heightened level of consciousness and spiritual unity. Let's not romanticize what is going on, he said. At the end of his interview with Grace, Diaz Vargas had many questions he posed to his audience. The one he stressed the most was, why do the abduction experiences always seem to fit a pattern? During the 1980s and 1990s, the heyday of the supposed alien abductions, the story seemed similar across time and across countries. What does this mean, and how does Grace Garza's experience fit into the larger scheme of things? People have asked similar questions for decades. It seems like the answers may still be light years away. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books, Mexico Unexplained and Mexican Monsters, to get hard copies of The Magic, The Mysteries, and The Miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.